I'm Jacqueline, the therapist. Every week I discuss real problems with real people, no small talk. We get straight to the heart of the matter. I don't believe that the surface layer of our problems is in fact the only problem on hand. To me, I look at it as it's the icing on the cake. There are always deeper layers to what is happening. And for me, in my experience, when we explore those deeper layers, that's when actual healing occurs. Ever since I was a child, I was somebody who would always question why things were the way they were. That led me down to an 11-year healing journey that is ongoing in myself, along with my current profession as a hairdresser, which has allowed me to be exposed to all different types of people, so many different types of problems, and really dealing with people when they're at their most vulnerable. These experiences have led me to a place of being very in touch with intuitively picking up on what is the heart of the matter of what's going on inside somebody. I felt the need to share this with others and and really start sitting down, talking about examining these deeper layers so that we can, as a society, truly heal from these deeper issues versus constantly sticking the Band-Aid on the thing that is not the real problem. Today, uh, my first podcast is addressing trauma. Now, I believe that we all experience trauma, uh, even the process of being born uh, from first uh, being in the safe area of our mother's womb and then being born out into the world is in fact a traumatic experience, right? So even if we haven't had a big circumstance in our life that has been a highly dramatic traumatic event, we have all experienced trauma. I also do believe that uh, trauma is stored in our DNA. There have been studies done about this. Uh, So in essence, trauma can be historically uh, even longer than your lifetime that you're currently in. Now, the question is, how much do these traumatic incidents shape our lives? Right. On one hand, if something big happens in our life, it can completely in our lives, it can it can completely change uh, the way we view things. However, I believe there's another part to this. I believe that how we handle life, how we process our emotions, uh, all the ways that we react to our our lives leading up to the traumatic incident, perhaps even shape the traumatic incident itself. It also shapes how we will respond to the incident. Now, it's so easy to then get distracted with the incident and blame the incident as the thing that has shifted our perception. And while on one hand that is true, there is also a much deeper layer of what's happening. So today I'm with a woman who, while she was snowboarding, she just suffered an accident that left her with a detached retina. When this woman greeted me at my door, I was able to see so much about her based on her hair alone. First of all, she's a highlighted blonde, and yes, while I could see she was definitely a natural blonde as a child, still choosing to get highlights, especially blonde highlights, there's an element of you want to be seen in the world. And the second part of it is she was wearing her hair in what I like to call the power pony. That means it's slicked back on the sides, it has a pompadour on top, it was sprayed into place. What that says to me is she wanted to show me that she was in control, she had everything on point like she could handle her affairs she wanted to show me that she was boss and in charge so here's our conversation i hope you enjoy so tell me a little more about what happened regarding the accident with your eye um i'm blind in my right eye and Uh it's a a, as a result of having a multiple detached retina so basically when i was 
25 years old, I had an incident where um, I got a giant tear in, the, in my retina. And mm-hmm. I was in Austria at the time, actually, snowboarding. Mm-hmm. And um, in the last semester of doing my master's in architecture as well, funnily enough. So um, it was really, to cut a long story short, I ended up in the hospital for 10 days in Austria. Uh, in quite a sort of serious condition and then um, as a result of that came back to England and within sort of three weeks the whole of my eye had collapsed inside. So over a period of two years I had six surgeries. I sort of had my whole life ahead of me and I was dating someone and just had the best life really. I felt very sort of lucky to have that life and it was all sort of shattered in a sort of instant. Um, And you know I think that it took a while for it to sort of like really hit me as sort of the seriousness of the situation because when I got back to England and then my eye collapsed completely inside I remember kind of being in hospital with my boyfriend at the time and we'd only been dating for a little while and he sat on the bed with me and I said to him you know this is really serious and I'm going to be in and out of hospital for a long while and I think I completely understand if, if you, you don't want to take this on mm-hmm. You know, he was like, he goes, of course it's going to be fine, you know, I'm going to be by your side. But it it, it wasn't, you know, it didn't it didn't work out. And that was partly to do with me because I, I, I really withdrew from, yeah, from everything. Like, yeah, basically. that you already, you had your guard up immediately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, but anyway, but the, the, the toughest thing about it really was it wasn't so much, I think if I had just kind of lost my sight on that the first occasion, it would have been much easier because then I could have kind of, it would have happened then I could have kind of dealt with it and began to kind of get on with my life and deal with my life you know with this new with this new kind of way of seeing things but what happened is that they kept doing these surgeries over two years to try and repair it and each time it didn't work so I'd have a surgery and then they'd wait for three months and then which I had to posture the whole time and then they'd say to me oh no so it didn't work it's detached again we have to redo it Uh. and so and that was really hard because I had no control over it whatsoever. Yeah. So with some things, you know, if you get like, you know, cancer or you get, you know, some kind of disease, there are things that you can do, you know, you know, diet or exercise or certain medications you can take. So you can feel like you're doing something, yeah. right? That you, yeah. But with this condition, there is nothing you can do. It's, you literally just have to wait. Yeah. And it might work and it might not work. And yeah. it just it just didn't work. Yeah. time and time and time again and by the end of the two years after six surgery I was just broken I was like a broken down person because I think I was just so beaten by it I think I and I think as well because you know throughout my life I'd been you know relatively successful with everything that I'd done you know I've yeah everything I'm, I, I put my mind to I'd been able to do but now you're I mean so fast forward to to now years later yeah um it, you're still very successful Yes, I yeah. I mean, I yeah. I, and I think one of the things is that I mean, just you, for the record, you're yeah. going to a program to study space architecture, yeah, which yeah, is actually yeah. architecture in <laughs> outer space. Not yeah, space. I know. I mean, you yeah. know, it's, it's all relative, isn't it? Because I, I think I'm one of these people that I never really kind of gives themselves any um, credit for the things they've done. You know, I'm always kind of yeah. thinking about the next thing and comparing it to that but yeah I think yes and I I think partially you know I think maybe I was always on this kind of trajectory to to do these kind of things but I also feel like that it made me 
it was weird because it kind of made it although it kind of broke me as a person and my at the end of the at the end of the two years I was literally a, a, a shell of my former self I was very kind of I didn't have any confidence or self-esteem I was you know I didn't really want to talk to people be sociable but at the same time I had this kind of determination that I was like okay I've got to figure this out you know like yeah. I've got to kind of start again let's just you know this has happened and I've got to cope with it and let's let's you know let's see what direction this is going to take me whereas wherever I might not have gone before mm-hmm. so and so at that time did you see a therapist or how did you deal no, emotionally I've never seen okay. a therapist ever apart from a life coach about five years ago which was not for this condition but it ended up coming back to this condition and that was yeah. really really hard for me actually and I think well that's one of the things you know I think being being British you know this was that this was you, some you time ago yeah we, yeah. yeah we not that we have a version for it but it's really funny in England like I think that um, you only see like a therapist if you're crazy in England. Yeah, I know. I mean, this is really, it's an American yeah, thing. Yeah, and, and not yeah. to say that, not to say that you shouldn't, that that it wouldn't have been a very beneficial thing for me to do. It would have been. I, I look back now and it's funny because many years later I went for a checkup at the hospital and they said to me, you know, they, they were kind of assessing previous cases and stuff and they, they asked me to write something and I said, well, the care was very good, but I said, but not once did did anyone ask me how I was doing mentally? Yeah. Apart from when I literally had a breakdown, the doctor was like, we can't do any more surgeries. So what's coming up for you now around the eye stuff? Well, it, um, it sounds like you don't, I mean, it sounds like you don't really feel like you're healed from it, really. Well, I think I am partially. I think I am partially, but I still have these issues whereby, um, I feel like for a long time, you know, I wear a cosmetic contact lens in my right eye with my uh-huh. blind eye because it's kind of white underneath. And for a long time, I felt like I was like a fake. I felt like when yeah. I when I met people and I looked them looked at them, they didn't really know what I looked like. Uh-huh. And that was uh-huh. really that was really very difficult. Not only in kind of social settings, but in particular in relationships. And I do think that one of the reasons that I've been very kind of late to to sort of getting in relationships. I didn't date anyone for years because I just yeah. I had this kind of mm-hmm. fear of like someone looking in my eyes for a start, and then also, you know, having to like take my contact lens out at night and having to be in bed with someone next to me and then them seeing me like this. Mm. I just couldn't stand the thought that that was going to happen. And it's I realised now in reflection that it was quite silly because it's not about that. Well, you know? so where are you at now with your eye? I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I still, I would still say that there are, you know, for example, the the guy that I was dating before Christmas, I didn't, I didn't take my contact lens out. I just, uh-huh. I couldn't do it. And I, and afterwards, I thought that's really stupid because it's yeah. really painful for me. You know, the next yeah. day it's swollen and red, and I was like, why do you even care about stuff like that? Yeah. But I obviously still do, you know. Yeah. And but well, why do you think you do? I don't know. I guess, I guess I feel. I guess it's kind of like a. Why don't you just a, sit it's a with fear. it for a second? Yeah. yeah, I think it's a fear. I think that. I feel like people will think that I'm deformed. Actually, yeah, it looks like mm-hmm. I've got. I mean, it is a deformity. It's a physical yeah. deformity in in some ways. So, so I think that, and that's really. Okay, so this is making sense now because when I hear about your background and this, you know, you're such a 
an overachiever really and always used to a certain standard of success right and a deformity equals imperfection mm, mm. and so then the lack of acceptance in any kind of imperfection right like even now with your career which is you know as an outsider I view as amazing for you it's mm. not enough right but because the deformity is larger to you right like it's a, it's a bigger deal yeah. it's it's easier to blame it like oh it's this thing but it's really it's the same issue as far as like can you really accept your imperfections and limitations yeah it is you know? about that it's about imperfections and limitations and, and, and that's the thing, not being able to see doesn't bother me. And I, it's funny because I always think, you know, when I was younger, I remember that, um, you know, my people used to say to me, oh my God, you've got such pretty eyes. And mm. and and I remember like when, I like th- two or three years after it first happened, I, I remember thinking to myself, uh, no one's ever going to say that to me again. I don't yeah. have, and it's, yeah. it's a vanity thing in some respects, you know, I think where you kind of like, you know, every time I look in the mirror, I think to myself, I've got I look weird you know I think I look Mm. weird Uh you know Uh my face isn't symmetrical I've got one eye bigger than the other it doesn't focus properly there's all these things you know and it just when it's your face it's really difficult especially your eyes because that's how you engage people yeah yeah. So every so, and I think that, and it's funny because this whole time I've noticed why you've had the conversation is you've actually like, refu- yeah you looked around. at me away from me the entire time like yeah. it's hard for you to even it's hard for me yeah, to do that yeah so what yeah. happens now that we're looking at each other what happens for you I feel very self conscious about it mm. yeah. yeah and it's like so when I meet people what I will usually do I don't ever like to be face to face I like to be on their side because uh-huh. then it's not so noticeable I think yeah yeah it, I don't know it's I mean obviously I've got a long way to go because I still feel really weird mm-hmm. I think the thing about it is, is that I can't because it is something that you know when you engage someone every every single person that you engage will see this right you like yeah. I, I can tell they're looking at me and then like oh something's a bit off with her eyes so it's a constant reminder it's not something that's like you know, you have a scar on your body that no one sees, but you know it's there. Like, it, I'm constantly reminded of it because yeah. people are constantly noticing it. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's kind of like the, I mean, because you're viewing it like that, even though I'm not saying that's not true, right? I'm not saying it is true or isn't true, but because you're seeing it that way, like you'll, you'll forever be stuck in that cycle. I am stuck in the cycle yeah. right now. Okay, so I'm the question the is, how do we get out of the cycle? right Mm. you can't get out of the cycle by keep telling yourself to not feel the thing that you're feeling because that that never works right because then it actually just ends up that that's exactly what makes us repeat whatever action we're doing is like pushing it away pushing it away so i'm going to ask you to kind of maybe dig deep and maybe we can talk about like the deeper layers of i'm going to throw out there maybe some shame and like sadness and stuff that might be beneath it you know because I I, for myself I notice when I deal with that other stuff then whatever issues up front kind of softens and then it's not as big of a deal Mm. you know yeah I don't know I don't know I I feel like well why don't why don't you just take a second and look at me and just see what comes up why don't we start there yeah yeah yeah, so it's, it's that's so exactly. I know you're like ah. A second, I've done enough. I've done enough. Please make this stuff now. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. That, so wait, why don't you just? Why don't we just right. take a second and maybe just maybe ground down? Yeah, close right. your eyes for a second. We'll both close our eyes, and when you're mm-hmm. ready, just open. We can look at each other and and um, yeah. And when you're ready to, you can speak. But I encourage you maybe to not not speak so quickly because I have a feeling that's like 
you're you're such yeah, a quick talker. Yeah. It's it's a way out of your emotional center and your intellectual. So it's easy to get very heady about things. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Keep keep. I mean, I wonder. I wonder yeah. if it would be good to. I mean, I, sometimes I have these dreams about like being with a partner, and I'm probably going to cry. Now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and being able to like, look at them in the in the eye without my contact lens, and it be <laughs> it being okay. And I've never ever done that since it's happened. And um. And I think about it, but I've never been able to trust anyone enough yeah. to do it. And I think that that not being able to trust is holding me back. You know, it's like a yeah. catch twenty two situation. Yeah, because yeah, it's it you're stops not me trusting getting close to anybody because yeah. I've got that fear. But really, I think that would help me. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering if you even look at yourself in the eye when you look in the mirror. You know, if you look at yourself in the eyes, or there's always kind of a little like. Yeah, slight think, avoidance. I think I, I think I do, but I think it's more because I have to put contact lens in. I'm like, I look at it, but I'm not really looking. You know, yeah. I'm just kind of doing what I need to do and getting on with the day, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is the way I kind of heard you step into this conversation. There was a lot of like, "Ooh, I'm just going to race through this," and like, I'm not even going to let her get a word in there. I'm just going to keep going with my story because you're definitely smart enough to know the things that I might yeah, be saying yeah. to you. So you just kind of kept going, 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 going. Like, let me give it out of the way. And even we shared this beautiful moment. We made eye contact, mm. and and for me, I saw your face actually light up, and you immediately like pulled back, and then wanted to go into talking about something else. And now you know yeah. that you got a little teary-eyed i see you so much more grounded and centered and <sighs> dropped in mm. yeah and so how does that feel to be dropped in no i mean obsessing obsess yeah so usually behind obsession we have um no, fear. Uh, yeah obsession, but up, not up, more upsetting obsessing. oh upsetting yeah okay sorry upsetting. yeah um mm-hmm. yeah i don't know it kind of bring it kind of like brings up like feelings of loneliness yeah well, I imagine if you're running around trying to cover up yourself all the time, <laughs> yeah. like even in a relationship that's so terribly lonely, right? Like all these little things we do to ourselves, whether mm. it's, you know, for you, it's your eye, but you know, that can be about many different things that we just find ways to hide ourselves because we walk around in shame. Yeah. So then in the relationship, you know, I, I, I have this conversation often with you know intimacy like you could be married to somebody for years and not have intimacy with that person mm-hmm. if you're running around trying to worrying about fixing yourself or fixing the relationship all the time then you're never really like emotionally centered and present and for me like that's what's going to equal intimacy in a relationship with somebody else um which also this is a side note but i heard this the other day and i thought it was amazing is this woman was talking about intimacy and what it meant for her which is having, um, she said, having uncomfortable conversations is intimacy. Mm. And I was like, wait, what? That's amazing. I love that. Just kind of like, you know, being with the same, like being with my discomfort, like that's intimacy. It's not always like, oh, I'm so in love. You know, like no, which I, people I can totally kind of agree. mistake it's that. About, yeah. It's about peeling back the layers and really, yeah. le- really letting someone understand yeah. who you are and what, you, you yeah. know, what you f- your feelings are, what you go through. And I think it's unusual. People are so guarded 
You know? Yeah. Well, we've, we've been taught to be guarded. And I, I think, you know, there is this shift happening now that you're seeing like people are more open to meditation and yeah. and therapy and all these different kinds of healing modalities to open back up. Like people are feeling it and craving it, um, even if they don't know exactly like what that is. Mm. The You know, and especially in America, we're very uncomfortable with any kind of discomfort. Like we want to like <laughs> shut that down and like slap yeah. a pretty, you know, piece of paper on it and it's all OK, mm. you know. Um, but I just got this uh, hit when you were talking of, I just wonder if some of the um, discomfort around like the, the trust in yourself, trust in the partner and all this stuff you're, you're mentioning and the shame, I wonder if some of that is wrapped up in because you told me that it was, um, could, have, could have been preventable if there's this part of you that blames yourself. And so then it's like the extra layer of shame of like, ugh, like I'm the problem in multiple ways. Yeah, I mean, I try not to be one of these people that's like, what if, what if, what if? And there was, um, what I'm not saying it's but, logical. No, right? but but after yeah. the fact, when I went back to England, the doctor kind of looked in my eye and he said, "Wow," he said, "This is like a real mess in here," and ugh. you know they, you know they. It's difficult to, you know, you, you don't know what to do, but on reflection, I probably should have gone back to England and let the doctors in England deal with it because I was in like a provincial town in Austria and yeah. they had to bring some doctor in from somewhere else. But well, I hear yeah. all that, but I'm just wondering if you have forgiven yourself for that. That's the piece that I'm like, mm, I just, I don't know, it kind of came yeah. up as maybe there I might be. That, I think that, um, I think that I feel... I don't regret it. I don't regret what happened because I think that it, who knows, I would have gone on a different path and I don't think that the path that I'm on is particularly bad. You know, mm -hmm. I'm a fairly content, happy person. And I don't think you can ever, I, I'm a very, I'm, I don't like to live in the past. I think actually I'm quite good at compartmentalizing things. Okay, well wait, I want to talk about that for a second. Let's just yeah. hold up right there. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about this because this is a defense people use all the time to not delve into their own discomfort which yeah. for me the more that i'm able to sit with that i i, I actually heal right because we have this thing that it, 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 yeah i'm not going to dwell dwell on the past and and so that's why therapy is useless right because it's like diving into your past emotions even though it's not just diving into your past emotions it can also be about mm. the present experience right but if the past is blocking you in that and you're not even aware of that there's no way that you can shift into a present moment right it's like keep like pushing it down and then we end up compartmentalizing things and then we feel disconnected and mm. and so I just think it's it's just it's like the oldest excuse in the book to be like I, I know I'm not going to dwell on the past you know I mean what what does that even mean because now here you are not dwelling on the past yet you're the one that brought up that this is still an issue and that you have these kind of compartmentalizations about it it's hard for you to like sit and be you know what you just said that you would love to have a partner and just look him in the eye right without your contact like mm. so obviously you can't say the past is just the past because it's still affecting you now I mean at one point you deal with it and then it, it, you can be set free right but right now it's like pretending that it's not there but it's still there yeah i mean i think i think maybe if i'm honest i think about it as as like an obstacle to my life you know yeah and Your not, eye, not you only mean, not or, well, or dealing with or the past. dealing with dealing with it because uh, not only uh -huh. you know it's an ob it is an obstacle with with regards to relationships but it's an obstacle because it's, I think it's preventing me from kind of having that intimacy with somebody. Yeah. yeah. But I also feel like it's an obstacle because 
if I if I separate the relationship stuff out to kind of my career and my kind of general life, uh-huh. I feel pretty good about that, and I yeah. feel like it's maybe better for me just to kind of block that other stuff out and just go forward in that stuff. Yeah, you know. So I can't. I think maybe because I think about then you don't have to feel separately. Yeah, well, the, which is what you're doing, right? But then you don't have to feel the other things that were coming up when you looked me in the eye, which is mm. the the loneliness or you know discomfort. Yeah, I think yeah. so. It's interesting to analyze these things because I don't usually, you know, analyze them. I think you kind of you you, you find distractions for yourself, you know, in order yeah. to do that. Yeah. So okay, let's get back to what you were distracting yourself from, which you had mentioned your loneliness. Yeah. Right. What else is kind of coming up? I just want to bring us back to that. Um. Maybe look me in the eye again and just see. Yeah, yeah. I, I think with that, it's, it's like, I, I wonder sometimes, you know, I, so my life has got in a certain direction and I don't think that it's a bad direction, but I do I do wonder sometimes, I'm like, why didn't, why am I like I am? You know, why am I kind of, why didn't I, why am I not in, like, we have a family and uh-huh. why am I still not living in London or, you know, this, I, I question that sometimes. Yeah. Why did I separate myself from all the people that I love? Well, why do you think? Because I wanted to start again, I think. I was just... Because you wanted to forget about the past. Yeah, and I think what it was is that it became so much of my... You know, the the stuff that happened my... You know, I'm very fortunate to have lots of friends and family that really love me and support me. But what happened with my eye really defined me as a person, I think. You know, and I think subconsciously I felt like I had to break free from that in order to not let that define my personality anymore uh-huh. so I, so in a way yeah. i was thinking if i if i move to the states because i moved to the states just after gotcha so if you deal with these feelings now then it's like gonna swallow you up and define you again maybe i, I just i'm maybe not yeah, like rationally but emotionally like if that's that fear of oh my gosh it's gonna take over yeah i don't i don't think i think i think it, i've got it under control enough that I don't think that it would do that anymore. Okay. I think for a long while. So I think then, it why did. are you why are you avoiding? I don't know. I don't. I mean, that's a good question. Well, I don't know. It's just scary. Yeah. It's scary. You know. Yeah. It, it, it's it's like for me, it's like baby steps. Okay. So wait. Let's just sit here for a second. <laughs> My cat wants you to sit <laughs> as well. <laughs> She's like, please. <laughs> And then maybe, I, I love this going back to the eye contact because I know it's such a big trigger point for you, but it mm. totally seems to drop you back into yourself. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, so why do you think you're scared to deal with this? Because it, it's, I know I'm asking you this, but it's not logical. Like emotionally, what's the thing? Because that's the block, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because look, look, look at me when you answer that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it yeah. is. Maybe maybe just take a second yeah. before you answer, and keep looking at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just see what yeah, comes yeah. up. Yeah. I know yeah, you want to hold. I know. It's really uncomfortable for you know, me. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, I just had a revelation when you said, which I think is. Um, Oh, I view you as a very like strong person who's got it together, and so then it's like maybe admitting your quote unquote weakness, mm. like oh I don't have it also, you know, because I can I can see right now that it's so hard for you to be vulnerable in front of me. It's like you need to like put on the strong front, and I say that as someone, I, I mean that's me to a T. Like I know that yeah that jam, 
seen my therapist for 11 years, so I'm like, it took me 10 to trust her. <laughs> I think 10 and a half, it's only been recently that I'm like, okay, I'm going to take in what she says and trust her word over mine sometimes, or I'm like, wow, it took me 10 years yeah. to get to that point. Because <laughs> it was so hard for me to let her in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I just see some of that, you know, maybe that's part of the like, oh, if you feel these feelings, it's going to feel, you know, out of control. And then you admit you're back to the imperfections that we spoke of before, right? Mm. It, it makes yeah. you feel uh, fallible human, right? Yeah, you know? it does. It does. And I think... And you felt that once, right? Like when all this went down and you had no control and, and that, which I, I can't even was, imagine. Yeah, how... how felt very vulnerable. But, yeah. but also I learned a lot about... about um, tolerance I tra- a lot of my friends say to me that it was they prefer me post losing my sight than pre losing my sight because I think I was kind of I felt like I was a little invincible and I was a little cocky to be honest I think oh well maybe you're trying to take some of that back to keep that right because I imagine you felt so um I'm trying to think of the right words like when we're faced with our own mortality it's yeah, terrifying, it was, it was right? Hard. And you were in that process for two years, yeah. you said, and th- that's and to feel that powerless is—I mean, it's so—it's so so hard to feel that, even though that's actually what we're feeling. I mean, sorry, that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, all the time, every day. It's like how much control do we really have, even when we think we do? You know, we really—we yeah. we have very I think very that little. Losing that losing control was was the most difficult thing. Yeah, and so losing it makes control. sense that to take that back, right? Because when you didn't have it, that period was so traumatic. Yeah. So I imagine revisiting that would probably feel like very scary, whether it's that traumatic or not. But the fear mm. behind that, and also it's like this tie to your old old as you say personality like pre um pre-accident yeah, um, yeah incident um that you had this kind of invincibility that's like okay you can keep that because that's your strength in life you yeah know? but then i guess that's that realization and i think i used to say a lot i used to say to people you know i realized a lot sooner than men, most people that we're not in, that we're not invincible yeah so that was a huge lesson for me but if you just keep it up keep you know keep those keep those fists up and keep fighting then you, you know because i imagine feeling the emotional part might make you feel like totally powerless and maybe even weak for a little while yeah it's yeah, yeah it's hard yeah. it's hard yeah it is hard but how's that serving you well, I think I don't know. I mean, I, don't, I mean, I've got nothing. It's all relative. It's nothing to compare it to because I, I don't know yeah. how where I would have been right now if I'd if I well, had I've, dealt with it. I think you know you I keep know. comparing things to the past, of it, but I'm talking about right now. Right? Mm. You don't want to delve into the past, but I'm actually talking about the present. <laughs> but you want to now? Then you're talking about the past. It's so funny the stuff that we do to avoid. <laughs> I just want to talk about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I'm just wondering, like, how that's serving you now today. In being, what do you mean? Like, it, how what's serving me? Like, how keeping your fist up, keeping the guard up, right? I think I think that it's serving me um, well in the fact that I am. I feel like I can. I have the strength to do. Like, I feel like anything's possible with regards to my career, and I. I, I do you think that you won't feel that once you feel these other feelings? No, I don't think so. I think I think about it separately. So, so okay. in one hand, I, f- I feel if I want to go and build stuff for Mars, I only decided that six months ago, and now yeah. I'm like, it's part of my career. And I'm just saying for the record, she literally means building stuff yeah, for Mars. Mars. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but at the same time, I'm I'm thinking to myself, I think I'm going to be a lo- lonely, like grow old and be lonely. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I don't. Well, I wonder if you, if there's a part of you, I don't know if this is true or not, but it equates um, having a big career with being alone. Like if if those two can't go hand in hand. Yeah, I I I think I've been so. I think I think when it when it happened, I became so detached from having a partner and having some trust in somebody that I just forgot. I've just forgotten. I don't know what it's like anymore. Yeah. You know, it's been so long. Well, do you, you and you had that trust beforehand, right? Like you I, yeah. felt. Well, when it first happened, I did have a quite a serious boyfriend for three years, but it was yeah. it was long distance and. Oh, okay. So there was actually distance in that. There was that distance wasn't, in yeah. there, and then it, when it came to the crunch, I felt you know he wanted to get married and have children and stuff, and I oh. backed away. I was like, no, I, I want you know I, I want my career and. And this was before. This the... is after actually. Okay. Wow. Yeah, this is Okay, after. so that's the, okay. So I did now have a three. I did have a three-year relationship straight up, you pretty had a, much straight away after what happened. Okay, so you but, were in that relationship, even though it was long distance. This guy knew what had happened, had seen you through the whole thing, wanted to marry you, and you turned him away. Yeah, but it correct? was a bit different because when it first happened, uh-huh. I didn't look like this. Okay, so when it first happened, my eye looked relatively normal. It just looked like David Bowie, actually. Okay. So I. So, and it kind of milked over during our relationship. Yeah, but you pushed him away the minute it happened. No, it was three years after. Then you pushed him away, but you said when it happened. No, so I met him, did I meet him after it happened? I think I did meet him after Uh, it happened. Okay, this is not the same guy that was during the... No, 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 sorry, that's somebody else. Okay, got it. That's somebody else. This was post. Okay, so then you were in the post... Surgery, yeah, and you're I, in. That was the last mm-hmm. person that I was really in love with. But oh, didn't, oh, so you're in love with him, yeah. and then you chose your career. So it, I, I, so I don't think it's as simple as saying like, oh, it's been so long since I for, I've forgotten, because actually, even post, you weren't. You, you said you, you were in love with him, right? I was in love with him, yeah. and yet you chose your career. And so, wait, what? Wait, he wasn't what were ambitious you? enough for me. Yeah. Uh huh. And I didn't want the life that he wanted. And I'm really, I'm really happy for him. We're still in touch. You know, what, were your parents um, together when you were growing up? Or? Yeah, they're yeah. still together now. Yeah, and what's their relationship like? Um, it's okay. I think that... What does that mean, okay? Well, I think that my mum... My, it's, it's interesting because my mum and dad are quite different people. My mum's like... Um, she's a carer, so she she's all about family and children. And she, just, she was a nurse before mm-hmm. she had me and my two brothers and she's a carer my dad's he's a little bit eccentric he's he's quite smart and he's quite nerdy as well but very interesting you know Uh he's into history he knows lots about really obscure things I think I get my kind of nerdy curiosity from my dad and so how how are they like together well I don't know I think they just I think they're just like codependent I don't know I don't think I don't look at them and think they're so in love I think I look at them and think my mum wishes her life was different, and my dad's quite content, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how, oh, how I, what I which think. Which is exactly the same setup. Okay, because this, this, this is my belief system, and I'm so happy to be proven differently. It hasn't happened yet in this regard. This is actually a new um, thing that I've learned, is that we really repeat the exact patterns of our parents and not just their dynamics with us, but their dynamics with each other. And so mm. we either fall into like the father role or the mother role and maybe we switch back and forth. But you just mentioned that that's the exact same setup that you have with this guy is that yeah. you weren't happy with him and he was fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he wanted different, we wanted different things. Yeah, which sounds end. like 
well, but regardless of the different things, he was fine and you weren't fine with him. And that seems to be your mom and your dad. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. I I definitely, it's funny because when I was younger, I I thought it was much more like my mum, but the older I get, I'm just like my dad. Yeah, well, we can flip flop. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you could be more your dad right now because you're not in a relationship and relationship maybe you start becoming like mom like side mom. stuff yeah. yeah could be i don't know or maybe not i mean i do think we can yeah. flip-flop what, yeah. what number child are you first first okay yeah. um i think the first is yeah first is more like father oh is the it second this I, my friend told me this she brought it somewhere the first is uh more like their father and father issues the second the 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 second is the combination of mother and father, and the third is more mother. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't yeah. know what happens if there's only yeah, two. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm definitely on number two, and I'm definitely the combo of my parents. Oh, really? And I can flip flop like that. Yeah. And so, so okay, so you 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 said that they're still together, but that their relationship wasn't one that you viewed. Did you ever view it as like a loving relationship? I don't know if I have done really, honestly. And, and what was it like growing up in your house? Like, did you it have was a happy? We yeah, had a happy, we had a happy childhood. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't ever, th- I don't ever kind of remember it being unhappy. You know, me and my two brothers, we we fought a lot, but then as we got older, we we actually began to like each other a little bit more and now we've got a good relationship you know I've got I feel really lucky that I've got a very good relationship with my brothers but the funny thing is is that so my mum she's I would say she's quite unhappy because she feels like she has not done a good job in raising me and my two brothers because none of us are married or in relationships or have children Mm -hmm. and none of us do or are even close yeah I mean and, and that's what an interesting thing to think about because you know, I, th- I sometimes blame my my condition on my eye as to yeah. why I'm not in, in in a relationship. But my brothers aren't either, and they don't yeah. have the, they don't have anything like that. Well, and that's that's kind of I was trying to ease us there because I know that you're very focused on the eye issue. But we all have the issue that we blame it on, and we think that's the truth. But then it's really about all these other things. Mm. But can we even let it there? Because that tape playing about the thing that seems so big, it just it it seems like the truth. Like yeah. and 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 not to say that there's a layer of that that isn't there because it is. Well, but what's going on beneath the surface? Yeah. Well, the other know? thing I, I and I I can be honest about this is that I I sometimes look at my friends who who have had babies or relationships, and I just think to myself, wow, that's the rest of your life, and that scares yeah. me actually. Yeah. I, I like the fact that anything can happen which is a little bit contradictory to the fact that um i have this you life condition control. you know yeah. and but i know and that's really weird because i think when mm. i was younger and that that's where it might when i was younger i loved the fact that anything could be and then when i went through the i thing i i needed that kind of comfort and that control no one's going to go on and i think that's why i kind of moved to the states because i wanted to kind of th- as, so to speak, throw the cat amongst the pigeons. I like, I've noticed that's a part of my personality, to throw the cat amongst the pigeons, <laughs> just to do something and see what happens. Yeah. And it's a little bit of a, it's funny when I was seeing a, a life coach a few years ago, you know, we'd, we identified this idea of risk taking, which is really important to who I am. Uh-huh. It's part of my personality. It's yeah. kind of like wanting to take a risk. Yeah. To see what happens. And I think that. Were, were either of your parents like that? No. Yeah, not okay. at all. They're not risk takers at all. They're really traditional in many ways. Okay. And and I think that 
the reason that I feel that I'm able to take risks, because I have taken risks in my life, mm-hmm. for sure, is that deep down I know that I've got quite a stable foundation in my family, and then if anything ever went wrong, I can just, you know, I, I've got somewhere to go. Not that I would ever do yeah. that, but, you know, I think in the back of your mind you think... But I also, yeah, but well, I, also, I wonder if there's this, um, like, pushback against the very traditional I think so. upbringing that you had that it's like, uh, anything but that, I don't want that, that's boring. Yeah, I think so. I think there yeah. is. I think there is. And just this... I, I mean, I, even the I think, it's like, it's very, actually very exciting and dramatic, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, big, you yeah. know, it's not just... It's, and and yeah. I'm, I'm uncomfortable with this idea of final, finality, you know, a yeah. kind of... And I, I think that maybe that might be another reason that's that I've kind of held back a little bit because I think to myself, I don't like that idea that of like knowing what I'm going to be doing in twenty years' time. And so even with your significant others, and I'm thinking about the instant of you know you not taking out the contact. Yeah. Uh, it's your way to kind of keep it always on edge and exciting. Maybe. And you know now I'm even thinking like you, you said that you um, you're a professional snowboarder or, or I wasn't champ- professional but my 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 brother and my um, you, you, I was snowboarding at quite a high level but, yeah yeah and so even that I'm just thinking the kind of um, pull towards the you know living on the edge and mm. very exciting and kind of like at any moment anything bad can happen. And it sounds like even the same thing with the way you view your eye in relationships. Like, oh, if I do this, it's going to, like, fall apart or whatever. So it's kind of, you know, recreating that same yeah. feeling but internally. But, but you'd think that, that that I would be excited. It's funny because you think... But sometimes excitement ex- can go both ways. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like a fine line between pleasure and pain, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think so. But, yeah, it's... I always, I'm always kind of thinking about the next thing, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that, I think that was a way, I don't know, I'm not quite sure where that stems from, but I'm never really... S- Were your parents like that? No, they're not like that. My mum, my mum's very kind of, I don't know, I mean, like, I had a conversation with her at Christmas and, you know, she <laughs> moaned at me about, like she was a failure because whatever you know like what did where did I go wrong because look at you you you're not in a relationship you haven't had children so what were you taught when you were younger because if she's bringing this stuff up now to me it seems like there must have been some kind of importance place but this is the this is the the interesting thing is that I I actually believe that my parents and my mum in particular instilled in me and my brother to to take risks and, and go on adventures because she didn't get the opportunity but actually deep down when it comes around to it so I think that she's incredibly it's like a double-edged sword with her I think she's incredibly proud deep down of what we've done what we've achieved but I also feel that she's like I really wish they would just be at home with and have a family and like be close to me Mm -hmm. so she's kind of torn a little bit where my dad's a little kind of like I don't think he's he's, he just seems like he's a little oblivious you know he's just Mm -hmm. doing his stamps and his talks and his He's only he's only in his own little bubble. I think he would like grandchildren, but I don't yeah. think it's kind of a deal, you know, like a life deal breaker for him. Whereas I think with my mum, it is a little bit. Okay, I had uh, I don't know if this is going to be offensive or not, but I just I'm going to just say it anyway. Um, so I had this kind of uh, feeling when you were talking. I could I could feel the uh, I just want to break free kind of feeling that it seems to exist inside you, right? Like always, like push the limits and just like nobody can hold me back. Like mm. even here in this conversation, like don't get too. I'm going to just you know <laughs> find a way to break free, and even from your family life, right? Like I'm not going to live that like boring whatever way. I'm just going to you know do something extraordinary. Mm. And it makes me think even of your eyes. Right, like you wanted that so bad that your eye broke free. 
like in yeah. a way, I mean, it's kind of, you know, metaphorically, it was like just uh, somewhere out else, you know? Yeah. And so then if, I, I mean, and I, I do in a certain way think, you know, like if we can see things that happen physically within us. Like we can see like the kind of parallels of what's happening in our lives, even though I'm not saying that it's that's like a reason. It's you interesting know? to say, because there was one, I remember having a conversation with my mum about, near the near the end to actually the, the, the culmination of the surgeries and I remember sitting at the dining room table and saying to her I just want to pull it out of my face and throw it away oh. because I felt that I and I still I think this is the thing I still feel like I'm having to live with something that I've rejected a long time ago emotionally and physically you know and but you it's know in uh-huh. me and I yeah. can't get rid of it and you know what's really funny is when you make I it's this is the weirdest thing Okay, so sometimes your eyes do look uneven, and the minute you make eye contact with me, they even, they even out. out. And it's not, like you can't even, I kept looking because I could see as you yeah. were talking and you were really dropped in, you could not tell a thing. Yeah. Like I kept looking for it, and I was like, is that my imagination? But it happens every time that they mm. completely equalize. Yeah. So in a way, it's like that that you said that, like know, you still have that rejection that's like, no, 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 I'm going to just make it worse than what it is, Yeah, it, you know? Yeah. But it, at the same time, like, I'm not going to feel anything. Yeah, and, I wonder, and I wonder if I still feel yeah. like that. I wonder if I still, like, deep down, I still feel that I am having to live with this part of my body that I've re- actually emotionally rejected and it's broken and doesn't work anymore. And like, why do I have to deal with it every day? Yeah. 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 Do, 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 do you see what I mean? I do see what I, you I think mean. I, yeah. I think I just re- I rejected it a long time ago. Yeah, and you're still. I mean, well, you're still obviously still rejecting it. it. Yeah. 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 So it's like having a. I don't know how you would like describe that, but yeah, that's interesting to think about it like that. And so you know, you said you were really close to your brothers. I'm. I'm just. I'm kind yeah. of curious though because. It, growing up in such a, a normal family like how, do, how were you even exposed to you know extreme sports and this kind of well we weren't really I think okay. that I think I remember making a pact with my best friend Joe when I was 16 that we were going to travel the world mm-hmm. and we, we wrote a letter and we both signed it and I think it's back I think it's still back in um my house in England somewhere and what was and happening at home was everything totally fine yeah, I think or, so. I just, yeah. I'm just curious I think there's yeah. part of my personality that's just so curious about life I want to know about everything and learn about everything and mm-hmm. I just and I think it's part of being a designer and an architect you know yeah. you just you are curious about those kind of things yeah you know I, I kind of latch onto things like like Mars is my thing now I just want to know everything about it and yeah. go to every talk and you know, I was really into like the homeless situation for a long while yeah. and did projects around that. And so this, there was always this curiosity. And I think, and I think what it is, is that. Why aren't you curious about your own emotions? I don't know, because maybe that's, because, because I don't have control over that. You know, the thing is with, ah, I think okay. that's what it okay. is. I think with the other things, oh, I'm curious. And so of course there's no the obstacles, right? There's and no with obstacles the partnership, for me. there's yeah. obstacles, right? You can't control the partnership. Yeah. Yeah, that could be, that could be. So uh, it's, it's complicated, isn't it? It's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> or so simple. So complicated. If we just yeah, sit in the feelings. I know. I know. <laughs> You're like, yeah, but, no, yeah, no, <laughs> not yeah, that one. No. <laughs> But I wonder where it's going to stop. You know, I could, you know, I'm now 43 years old, and I think to myself, well, like I'm still the same. Like I'm still doing the same thing. Well, yeah, I, I don't think you want it to stop, because every time I ask you to even make eye contact with me, you jump no. out of it so quickly. I know, I know. 
I don't know. I don't know how things. I mean, maybe I it's kind of fun, like a roller change. coaster or something like that. Say yeah. again. I don't think. I'm not sure how things would change. I think in my mind, I'm like, okay, if I if I manage to get into some sort of serious relationship, then things will change because there'll yeah, be because someone. Yeah, because then you can fix it. That that's can, the answer. Yeah, but I but I don't think that. Yeah, I don't know whether that's because at the end of the day, it is about. I know it's about kind of healing yourself, but it's all. But for me, it's, it's about that interaction with other people. That's the healing yeah. part, right? Because it's not me being me not being able to engage in a in a physical way like that. Gosh, um, so I, <laughs> I was listening to you speak, and I'm laughing at my own like what just came up inside me is uh, oh no, it wants to leave my brain already. Um, you have this issue with your eye yet you don't want to make eye contact with other people it's the thing in the relationship yet you're literally not seen clearly and maybe perhaps your relationship because you don't want a relationship that your parents have perhaps you don't view what intimacy and in a partnership is clearly yeah i think you're your, right. your your perceptions literally like physically and 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 emotionally mentally whatever skewed yeah I yeah. think so. I think so. And I think that's probably the same for my two brothers. I think that even though we had a stable upbringing, it wasn't like, it's not like my mum and dad were like really in love with each other. And yeah. I don't think they, I, I don't, they're not now. You know, I think they're not, you know, I just think they kind of, they're, co- they're friends and they're codependent and they're just going through life. Mm, they're just mm-hmm. plodding along, you know, and I, I got really upset with my mum about oh. that at Christmas. I was just like, she, she goes, well... I said, look, I'm not responsible for your happiness. You oh. cannot expect, you can't like oh, so have maybe, expected okay. me to have a child to make you happy. So maybe you always, throwing this out there, not saying that you recognize this as a child, but maybe you always felt some certain kind of expectation or weight of that of your parents. Like if they were codependent with each other, they were probably codependent with you guys, which means that there mm. were certain expectations placed you probably were feeling that emotionally, abstractly, like not really grasping that. And so, yeah, break away, break away, break away. You're still breaking away because the, you know, then what we do is we have those parental voices inside our head, like almost like telling us what to do and not even realizing it's the parent voice, not our voice, right? And so that makes sense if it scares you to be centered because that's maybe the voice that comes up and it's like, oh, Mm. all you want to do is fight away from that, fight away from that. Yeah, no, I, th- I think there's a, I think there's some there's some truth in that. I really do. I think there's, you know what I, I you know why why did I man- why did I go and live? It's not like I haven't, yeah, I haven't got yeah. it's not like I haven't got parents that I that I love and love me mm-hmm. and but, but I decided to go and live some by by myself across yeah. somewhere across the world. Yeah. yeah, I mean it sounds like I you were running from something. Yeah, from well, yeah, yeah, I just detached, yeah, detached, you know, detached, detached myself, yeah. and it's you know I. And so then that makes sense of, you know, the fear of the partnership, I think, of intimacy, right? Because mm. then you can remain detached. And, and then um, earlier I'd kind of laughed in the, in the middle of what you're saying, which wasn't at what you're saying. But you had told me um, before we had started this that sometimes, like, you'll have sex with a guy, like, really quickly, you know, and stuff. And, and yeah. it just it came up as the same kind of, um, not that there's anything wrong with it or not, like, I'm not saying that, but that same kind of like, oh, let me kind of have this heightened experience and, and dramatic and, and then I'm in the throes of it and then I can kind of like make myself a little more nutso over the whole thing mm. instead of just like 
seen what feelings come up, you know, and it, I feel like people never talk about this because, you know, having a high sex drive is so glorified in our culture and especially for men like to, you know, it's like an achievement thing. And, but it's, it can be, sex can totally be a way out of our emotions and yeah. like, we don't, you know, it's like food or anything else, but nobody ever talks about that, you know, because then it's like, Oh, like if I just want to have sex all the time, like it's this great positive thing, but actually it can be. Not that that can't be great, it is, but it also can be a way out of dealing with your feelings. And so I'm wondering maybe that's sometimes what happens to you at yeah, the beginning. Yeah, it might be. I, I've noticed a bit of a pattern with my relationships as well in, in that, you know, I, I always kind of like, I like the chase. I'm a little bit like a guy in that way. So I'm usually the one pursuing. If someone pursues me, I lose interest in them quite quickly. Well, I used to see this relationship weird. therapist and she says... Um, you know, feeling is feminine, uh, uh, the, the act of receiving feeling, the action of doing is masculine. Um, and uh, she said actually a lot of women were raised to be little, uh, raised to be boys um, in the sense that we need to do, do, do to achieve, achieve, achieve. And, and then when you were looking me in the eye, right, it was so hard for you to even receive me in. And in essence, like, well, how's that affecting relationships, right? Like, are you even allowing yourself to receive from a partner? No, I got to do, 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 do. Yeah. Yeah. That's how, I think that's how it is. You know, I like to be in the driving seat. And yeah. then, and the other thing. then that, you can control it. Yeah. And then yeah. the other thing that I find that's a bit of a pattern is I usually like go for guys that I know that highly highly likely it's not going to not going to work yeah. out well then because it's then, kind of controllable yeah and then yeah. and then often what happens is that i do the pursuing and i can feel that they're like not that into it and i kind of like get more attached and then and get you know i get upset about stuff and then um then it kind of like goes quite neutral and i i, I usually i usually remain friends actually like in contact uh -huh. will be like some contact and then at some point it will it will go the other way where I'll feel that person starting to kind of like be drawn towards me and then I'm just mm. done I'm I've just I'm done yeah it's it, oh like your eye like it can't even be in yeah, you just I'm go just away done. just go away I'm just done yeah. and it, I, I just I've seen it I, I see it in myself it's a there's a pattern that the these things happen and it's like this, this like this guy I was dating for Christmas I'm like here we go we're in the neutral stage now and now yeah. he's going to come back and now I'm not going to be interested anymore yeah it's yeah it's weird mm -hmm. I don't know what that's about really I think it's about everything we just <laughs> spoke about <laughs> I mean the last yeah, hour of conversation <laughs> I know but I just why why do I do that you know why why can't I just be like normal and just why can't I have a normal relationship I don't know yeah, what is it sounds like you don't really want that though well I do I kind of I look I think I do because I'm yeah. lonely you know I'm really yeah. lonely yeah and I think that one of the reasons I've, I'm doing so well in my career is because it's easy for me to do that. You know, it's like, I don't, you know, if you, if you got to know me, a lot of people say I don't, I never relax. Like, I don't know what to, I, don't, I never, I don't watch television. I would never like be lounging around. I just, mm -hmm. I just, well, that's the I'm same always thing. always doing something. Yeah. Always. I mean, I know for, like, I've worked through a lot of that and it's like the action of doing to get out of our feelings. It's the same kind of thing. Like, let me constantly create chaos or excitement or adventure or whatever anything mm. to to not be where I'm at yeah and and it seems to me like that's a good starting point for you to just kind of slow down and see where you're yeah. at and sit with some of that discomfort and you might be surprised on how quickly it can change yeah yeah I mean it's possible but it's funny because there'll be the occasional sort of Sunday night where I'll be by myself with me and my dog 
and I'll be like, oh, I'm gonna watch a movie tonight and I'll make something that I really like to eat and get a bottle of wine and I'm so happy. You know, I'm on the sofa with my, just on my own with my dog and I'm like, I'm so happy now. I don't, it's, you know, Yeah, I think that's moments. tricky though because also you mentioned like, oh, you'll have some wine or whatever, but that's also can be a, another, yeah, you know, check yeah. out at like a, a defense from, you know, one step away from intimacy with ourselves. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, so I, I don't know. I mean, not to say that you're not enjoying this month, but I'm just throwing out there that like maybe like who knows what would come up if you didn't have the substance around, you know, like I'm very interested in that. Like if I... Well, that's, yeah. that's a really good question actually because... Um, when I was, so about three years ago, I did have another surgery in my eye because I got this calcification on it mm -hmm. and it was really painful. And I'm, and I noticed that I was using like alcohol in order to numb the pain Yeah. because that was really hard because when it was painful, it was, you're reminded of it all day, every day. And it was, it was, I was getting to the point where I was nearly at breaking point again. Anyway, I had the surgery and it's been much better, but, and I, and I have like consciously, last year i was like i used to drink every single day and then this year i've been really mindful about not doing that and i think you're right i think it's kind of this art uh, this kind of using alcohol as like a i'm not not that i had an issue with it you know it's not, it's not like i was relying on it but i was definitely using it as a, like a mask. an emotional coping yeah. mechanism yeah. yeah yeah and i've been very mindful this year i'm like i'm not going to do that anymore so i've i've I'm like cut my drinking in half basically um, I still have a few drinks being English yeah. and all that. But, but then, um, you know, I mean, the thing is, is like once we, it, each layer we're peeling away, right? And so then maybe mm. it's coming back to the eye stuff now. But then as we've spoke about through this whole discussion that it's not really about the eye, like diving beneath, right? But it's so easy to make the eye almost like, you know, even like a drink of alcohol, if you will. Like if you're thinking about not having the drink, not having the drink, it's not about the alcohol. Like there's something else that you're avoiding, yeah. right? Like alcoholics are not alcoholics just because of the alcohol. It's like they're avoiding deeper feelings. Yeah, of course. You know, that's why everyone, like, everyone exactly, drinks, right? exactly, like, or uses food or yeah, yeah. Uh, workaholism, um, yeah. spending, you know, relationships and people bounce from relationship to relationship or like, mm -hmm. you know, hypersexual or, you know, these kinds of things like with, I'm not saying everybody has issues, but I'm just saying we use all these tools yeah. to like emotionally cope. And so then going back to just sitting, like, yeah, some moments, but I'm just merely suggesting that maybe if you take a few more moments than you are just, um, than you are currently doing of just sitting with your feeling, mm. just being, seeing what comes up, you know, and maybe bit by bit getting used to the discomfort. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Jacqueline. It was it was an absolute pleasure, and um, I'm I'm sorry that I cried. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, don't be sorry. Here are some of my final thoughts on what was happening with this woman. So, if you're a believer that everything comes into our lives and happens for a reason, uh, this came up while I was listening and doing the edit. If this event for her was supposed to teach her something. I think perhaps it could be there to teach her vulnerability. In essence, she felt invincible and indestructible before until this event happened, right? And after it happened, she kind of lost her trust in life and, and things she can't control. Now, if this event perhaps was supposed to teach her vulnerability and trusting and leaning in even further, even when we don't have control and things don't turn out the exact way we want them, if we can still be okay and still trust and allow in and receive, right? Then we've really done the work in surrendering. Now with her, because she doesn't trust it, 
somehow she's parlayed this into her trust with men. And I think it's because we can't control another person. And we already saw that she definitely wanted to kind of put things in a box. And, and uh, this is something I see with a lot of people who are very successful, you know, in a way they can control their career, but they might not have success in the love department because we can't control other people. So her PTSD, in essence, from this event says that men will hurt her like this life incident hurt her. The second thing I noticed is how she seems to be in this pattern of rejection. Like she is rejecting where she is at in essence. Uh, she still wants to slap a Band-Aid on the incident and pretend she's okay. Yet on the other hand, she blames the incident for why she's not in a relationship, right? So what that says to me is she's rejecting of where she's at and rejecting of herself in essence. She is rejecting of her eye, right? She doesn't want to be seen fully for who she is and where she is at right now. And then she ends up keep uh, on the cycle of finding men who either reject her or men that she can reject, a relationship that is a dead end street. So in essence, a rejecting relationship. So then she ends up inevitably in the cycle of rejection, right? And until she steps out of that cycle, which as we know is incredibly hard to do in the moment, because if you're stuck in a certain way of thinking, when you step out of it and think in a new way, and this starts in the tiniest level, right, of how we're approaching the world, it feels incredibly contrary to your whole being because it's really going against something that at this point feels so ingrained. I have a feeling this was happening even before the incident. Uh, she seemed to kind of fight where even her family was out, like do something different from the norm, kind of break free. So, so in essence, this is the core of who she is. And while it serves her in many ways, it seems to be hurting her a little bit in her romantic relationships. You know, this stuff is very hard to do on our own. That's why it's so good to air it out and talk about it and keep talking about it, even though sometimes it sounds like a broken record because that's how we break through from this stuff. That's what I believe. I'm Jacqueline, the Herapist. Thank you so much for listening.